Welcome back to Let's Get Haunted with your host, Matt Strawn and Allie. Welcome back, guys, to episode 91 of the best podcast on earth. Yeah, award-winning best podcast on earth. Let's get haunted. Let's do it. Let's do it. Natalia, we like to normally begin our episodes with personal hauntings. Do you have anything... To you know, share with the class today? Actually, in this moment right now, I feel like we're, I'm looking into your eyes too much. Yes. Yeah. It, do you feel ever like aware of that? That like while someone's talking to you, you're like making too much eye contact and then you're like, well, now I have to look away. But then it looks like I'm lying. But then what am I lying <laughs> about? And I'm just like overthinking it. Yeah. Okay. So when I was little, my parents had told me that it's like very important to make eye contact yeah. with people. And so I used to never have a problem with it. I would just literally stare at people so right. crazily, which some Sometimes I still do, as you know, and freak you out during these episodes. So I feel like I've had maybe the same problem you're talking about where I have to look away so that the other person doesn't get freaked out. Right. So they're not uncomfortable. Yeah. Because one time when I was in high school, my best friend's like brother told her she was like talking about me and he was like, oh, yeah, that girl like she like gets too close to your face when she's talking. (laughs) Like she like looks at you too closely when she's talking. And ever since then, I I like just have had this weird insecurity when I'm talking to people where like I'll like listen for 20 seconds, but then I'll be like, am I listening too much? Yeah. Am I, pay- am I do I seem desperate? Yeah. Like, do I seem like I'm in love with them? Yeah. Like, it's so awkward. I no, um, I feel you. And I also used to like shake everyone's hand when I met them, even as an elementary school person. Yeah. So my friend Amy, her, she said her memory of meeting me is that we were in line waiting to go in to the first day of fourth grade and her last name comes after my last name and she said I just turned around and I was like hi my name's Alyssa what's your name and I just like shook her hand and made like insane eye contact <laughs> that's so funny because I used to always shake hands too until I moved to California and then one year I it was like I was like 18 I had just moved here and this girl she was my one friend she was like you're you're just not from around here. And I was like, what do you mean? She was like, you can't like shake people's hands when you meet them. It's really weird. And I was like, but everyone says I have a really firm, good handshake. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, yeah, that's weird. Like, don't <laughs> do that. I feel like the pandemic has made it less socially acceptable to shake hands. So now I'm out of practice. Mm, I don't even right. know what my handshake's like. It might be a dead fish now, but we'll never know. Yeah, it's really awkward when someone gives you like their limp, sweaty hand to yeah. shake and you're just like, this is weird. That's the other thing. So... Uh, also, we should address that this is an audio only episode today, yes. which, by the way, I'm so fucking relieved about. Right, I I, I walked in. Kayla, the only female engineer in the world, is our yeah. engineer again today. And the first thing I said to her when I walked in is I was like, I'm so fucking happy that there are no cameras in here today. I get to look like shit. Nobody is right. none the wiser. I know. Yeah, I like rolled in here. I'm wearing clothes from the barn and like like sandals like it doesn't look great you know yeah I'm wearing my giant oversized flannel with a pajama top (laughs) underneath and um, wearing like five different patterns and it doesn't (laughs) matter it doesn't matter it's so nice it's so nice to just be yourself it is yeah it feels also I feel like when we do video episodes I'm so hyper aware of like weird shit my face is doing and weird shit my body's doing because I naturally slouch and like yeah suck my teeth which is gross suck your teeth what's Mm -hmm. that oh that i always do that if if you guys are not sure what sucking your teeth is you could youtube it but it's basically like you know when you're wearing chapstick or lipstick and you're paranoid maybe this is just me that something's getting on your teeth yeah i it's just a habit i like run my tongue 
over the front mm-hmm. of my teeth. Wow. And then I see like the playback and I get so annoyed with myself on the video episodes because I'm like, it just looks like I'm tweaking. Yeah. I haven't noticed that about you though. Well, but I'm definitely tweaking. So yeah. I, I like we're just like here tweaking together. Like, what? Exactly. Oh, let's talk about ghosts. What's okay. happening? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Well, what brought me into saying this is because you had said like weird, limp, sweaty hands. And right. I was just going to say my hands are very limp and sweaty right now because I'm chugging green tea again. Yeah. Green tea is like you're you should be the spokesperson. For I that. really should. I switched recently from coffee to green tea. And has it helped? to say but <laughs> I definitely feel more manic right yeah, yeah I I switched from coffee to herba mate mm. um back in college for a while when I was like on a health kick like I was like oh I'm gonna be so wellness yeah like I'm no longer <laughs> doing coffee I'm just doing herba mate but it like literally gets you just as like amped amped yeah, yeah. I don't there's a science behind why it's better, I'm sure, but I haven't figured it out. The welder at my job just drinks yerba mate like 24-7 and is, he's, first of all, one of the nicest people I've ever met, amped 24-7. <laughs> I like people Yeah, like I like that too. Well, do you have any personal hauntings I ca- today? S- sort of, kind of. Okay, so I sent Alyssa a video the other night of me trying to watch The Conjuring yeah. <laughs> because she's always talking about The Conjuring. It's so fucking it's so, good. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's so, so fucking good. Fucking it's so good. good. Like that is how people describe like Titanic. That's how they <laughs> describe uh, like The Descendants, like award-winning movies, right? Yeah. Um, and so I'm like, okay, this must be good. Like, Alyssa's saying it's, good. it's so fucking good. Like, it's got to be real, right? So I go on Netflix, type in The Conjuring. I'm by myself at the house. It's like, I don't know, like 8.30 p.m. or something. And just finished walking the dog. So the, the mood is calm. Like, I can yeah. watch a tranquil. scary movie. Yeah, yeah, it's a tranquil, easy, like, Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. And I type in The Conjuring. And you know the, like, little automatic preview that happens on Netflix as you're just, like, scrolling the yeah, automatic, yeah, it'll autoplay. Yeah, like the autoplay preview for The Conjuring comes on. And it 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 scares me so much that I start crying. I know. And the preview, if you it was for The Conjuring too. And the preview is just this woman like looking very concerned at like a scary ass nun in the shadow. But it's so I'm getting like in a little ball. If I was on <laughs> if I was on the video, you guys could see what I'm doing. I'm closing my eyes right now. But it was like so scary because the take went on so long and it just scared the shit out of me to the point where I started crying. I posted on my Instagram story and I'm like, well, someone just tell me what <laughs> happens to the rest of this movie because I can't watch it. So I text Alyssa and I, I send her this video and tell her like, I literally am crying because this is so scary. Why, how do you like this? And her response is to just send me the full scene from YouTube and she's like you know she's like here's the full scene did you watch it I did watch it without the sound on okay okay I watched it on my tiny phone screen with no sound on and I was still just as scared and it's like literally kind of funny without the sound well maybe this is the solution for scary movies for you you should just watch them with no sound make up your own narration yeah, I think I just get really into it, you know, like I can't like the scary movies just really draw you in with the music, like the score is so intense and the lighting and the acting and like all of it is just like when it's that good, I have to remove one of those elements to remind me that it's not real. I feel that, you know, <laughs> I will say too, uh, this was a few years ago and we may have actually talked about this on the first season of our show, but I went to go see a scary movie in theaters about a nun and it was called the nun oh wow and as i was sitting there in the theater some dude sitting behind me 
was like freaking out, but not in a normal way. Like you watch a scary movie and you'll be like, ah, ah, like yeah. if there's a jump scare. This dude was pacing in the theater. Oh, no. Behind that's me. like shooter. Yes. Like, no. I, I was so uncomfortable. He was pacing, 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 talking to himself. No. During scary parts. No. Like jumping up from his chair and pacing. He's possessed. And everybody in the theater is like kind of looking back because he was in the very last row. Right. Or kind of like uneasily looking. They're like, like, is this part of the show? Yeah. Like what's going on? And after a certain point, I just got up from my seat with the person I was with and we went and left. And I told the person at the theater, like, there's just some dude that like <laughs> is freaking everyone out yeah. in the showing of the nun. And I, I'm like worried they're going to kill everyone. Yeah. So I need to like remove myself right. from the theater. And they were just like so disinterested. They were like, oh, all right. Yeah. I mean, we can send someone in there to like you know shine a flashlight i'm like no this man like may have a gun yeah and i just i left well i'm interested what happened to that guy you never I know no i never found out i left the theater with the person i was with and we never got like a call from the theater there was nothing in the news so i don't know if it was just some crazy dude or some dude that just couldn't handle his shit but like don't see a scary movie uh, in the theater if that's your reaction and you're just gonna yeah, freak everyone out you're just gonna like start babbling and like yeah. talking to yourself and walking around around exactly see i just don't i really just don't have the patience for yeah. that. i feel like i would just get up and like go to that guy and stab him i'd be like this is too scary <laughs> yeah stop you it pushed me to do <laughs> this yeah. but i didn't do that i just left well i think that's smart too. yeah i was i was not about to be like shot i was like this is so stupid to get <laughs> shot to death in a movie that's not that good right like you've had all of the warning signs like yeah you've had you thought several times this guy's weird this is uncomfortable comfortable like you need to remove yourself from the situation otherwise you're just dumb yeah otherwise you're an idiot it's like when you're watching a scary movie and all the red flags are there but yeah. the person stays in the room or stay like continues walking down the hallway or whatever yeah. it may be like I was like, I am not about to be a statistic. I am leaving. I know. And I'm sure everyone else was thinking that too. I'm sure they were too. But I mean, the movie theater didn't even give a shit. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is kind of a perfect segue into something that I am going to talk about now. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> so I recently started listening to those like super intense motivational speeches on YouTube while I'm driving. Uh -huh. Do you know which ones I'm talking about where it's like really cinematic it's music? It's like Shia LaBeouf going like, what does he say? No, oh, they're like, okay, like the one I was listening to is like, do you know the difference between a lion and the elephant? And then he's like, the elephant is smarter and he's bigger than the lion. But why is the lion the king of the jungle? His mentality. And then it's like, <laughs> bum, 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 yeah. like music. And there's like black and white, like videos of people sprinting and like getting awards and shit. And it's like, how bad do you want this? How hungry are you? And then so he's like, the guy, he's like just talking about like abstract ideas, but it's like, gets you really amped. And at one point he's like, someone asked me once, well, coach, what do you do when you don't feel like it? And he was like, ah! oh my God. <laughs> he was like, what do you mean? I always feel like it. I always am pushing myself to be the best. And it's just. All right. This this man is on a drug. It might be Jesus. It might be something else. I don't know. But it gets you so excited. Actually, you did. You texted me and you said the last video episode that you edited. Yeah that you were listening to a motivational speech before so right. that you could like pump yourself up. And it was a great edit. I texted <laughs> you. I was like, that was a fantastic meme edit. Love it. Yeah. And like at worst, 
Okay, so at at worst, they just kind of make you laugh because it's kind of like the, watching The Conjuring with no music on. Like, yeah. it's sort of ridiculous. But at best, they, like, literally, like, get you so pumped up that you just start to believe that whatever you're doing is, like, a big deal all of a sudden. I should do that, like, in the morning when I'm tying my shoes. Be like, tie that shoe the best you've ever tied it, you yeah. dumb slut. I'll, like, tie. I'll, send you, I'll send you the YouTube videos. But, yeah, I mean, that's just got me fucking amped on it so maybe that's the maybe that's the key is everyone needs to start listening to those well maybe we should come out with our own cassette tapes yeah like outdated cassette tapes and floppy disks right. where when you <laughs> load disks. them it's just us screaming at you oh. about haunted shit yeah. which is kind of what this podcast is right. in fact it's time to shout out our donors yes who make this show possible Alicia C Haley A Olivia M Michelle R Mariah and John DLC <laughs> Shelby H Lauren, Laura Gets Lost, Gracie R, Anna and Nate, and Brianne M. And additionally, Haley A, who donated this month, wants to know if we can give a shout out to her brother Johnny and his fiance Sarah because they recently got married and are big fans of LGH. Johnny and Sarah, yep. congratulations. Congratulations. You married the shit out of each other. Yeah. 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 Hell Do that yeah. wedding the best you've ever done it. Yeah. You're going to walk down that wedding and do that tradition the yeah. best <laughs> you ever did. That first dance is going to be fucking sick. <laughs> I'd like to thank Elizabeth J, Shelby H, and Brielle S. And Shelby H gave us $100. Oh, shit. Yeah, thank you, thank Shelby. Thank you so much, Shelby. And, and as always, we say whatever you can give is super helpful to us. We're doing the best we can with what we've got. That's and, right. Yeah. And you can't ask for any more than that. And I would like to give a special shout out to Shelby H, who also donated a hundred dollars. Oh. oh wait, this is the same person. So what? they sent you a hundred so and me a hundred? Two hundred dollars? Shelby. Shelby. H. Shelby, thank you so much. Yeah. Really appreciate it. And if you're listening to this and you're like, damn, I don't have $200 to give. I should just not donate. I mean, let me tell you, sometimes people send 69 cents, $4.20. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 66 cents, $6. Just comment on our stuff helps. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> very true. Share yeah. our shit. If you'd like to make a donation to our podcast, you can go to letsgethaunted.com. There's a man tap dancing on yeah. the roof above us, if there you guys is. can hear this. It yeah, seems like... No, they're dragging a body across the floor. Oh, uh, well... For sure. If you guys can't hear it, then this will make no sense. But <laughs> we can hear what sounds like a, a ghost tap dancing. What was I saying? Donate to the donate. show. Yes. You can go to letsgethaunted.com. There is a donate button there. If you click the donate button, it will take you to Kofi where you can donate a glass of holy water to us, which we desperately need. You can also Venmo me at Nat Strawn or paypal.me slash Nat Strawn or Cash App at dollar sign Natalia Strawn or you can Venmo me at USA. and if you're the kind of person who wants something tangible for your dollar you can also find on our website the last of the summer merch yeah before it is completely gone in fact right. by the time this airs it might be completely gone but you can go check by going to mm -hmm. letsgethaunted.com okay Natalia are you ready for this week's haunting I'm super amped just thinking about those motivational videos like increase the blood supply to my brain now well perfect because you're going to need a lot of blood to understand this game oh a game what kind of game? So in episode 80, just a few short months ago, mm. I decided to do an episode entitled Paranormal Games to Play in the Dark. 
part one. With James. With James DeAngelis. Yeah. In that episode, I explained the rules and rituals involved with four supernatural games. The Ray Contest, mm-hmm. the Three Kings Ritual, mm-hmm. the Elevator Game, mm-hmm. and the 11 Mile Road Ritual. Mm-hmm. That episode became so popular that listeners began requesting a part two to the series where we would discuss even more ghostly games to play with entities from the other side. What? Today, I deliver on that request and bring you Paranormal Games to Play in the Dark, part two. (gasps) Are we going to play games today? I'm really excited. I'm going to tell you some games and then we're going to see if you're brave enough to play or not. Oh, are you ready, Natalia? (laughs) I am ready. Let's go. Let's get it. We begin. Game number one, the red book game or El Juego del Libro Rojo. Is this a Spanish game? This is. Sometime in the year 1000 in 11th century Japan, a noblewoman named Murasaka Shikibu completed the world's first novel, entitled The Tale of Genji. No doubt unaware of the impact her 1,300-page tale would have on the world, Shikibu's fictional account of Japanese high society still continues to be studied and translated by some of the best literary minds of the modern ages. While The Tale of Genji is indeed touted as the world's first novel, Humans were writing down stories long before the 11th century, with the Epic of Gilgamesh being credited Mm. as the first ever written work of literature, Mm -hmm. transcribed from its original oral form in the 13th century BCE. Mm. An epic poem from ancient Mesopotamia, Gilgamesh tells the story of a godlike king and his friend, a wild man named Enkidu. (laughs) When Enkidu dies unexpectedly, Gilgamesh becomes obsessed with his own youth, which he feels draining from his body with each passing day. And thus, Gilgamesh embarks on a quest for immortality. Considering the destructive nature of humanity, the fact that texts like The Tale of Genji and The Epic of Gilgamesh have survived for thousands of years is a testament to the value placed upon literature as a whole. Yeah. Books are a physical representation of human achievement, simultaneously a sensible tool and an artful expression of the human condition. Non-fictional accounts serve to expand the reader's mental arsenal of facts, squirreling them away in some obscure recess of the mind, to be recalled, hopefully, at some opportune time in the future. In contrast, fictional accounts entertain our wildest daydreams, allowing an escape from the monotony of ordinary life. Australian author Adelie M. Collins summed up this phenomenon by saying, quote, Reality doesn't always give us the life that we desire, but we can always find what we desire between the pages of a book. Mm. Of course, Collins was referring to a figurative creation of a new reality. She speaks of imagining what it must be like living within the plot of a book, putting ourselves in the shoes of a main character and escaping our own reality for a few hours a day through the magic of reading. But what if a book could physically alter the course of your life? What if, rather than reading a book from start to finish to be whisked away on the winds of your imagination, you could simply skip around, reading a sentence here, a word there, and alter your reality for real? Better yet, what if the experience of reading a book could be affected by asking it questions? 
And what if the book could speak back to you? What if? What if? Where's this book? Natalia, have you ever heard of the Red Book game? No, but you're, you're, I'm like speechless. Um, You're describing a book that changes your life that yes. you don't, you just haphazardly read it. Like you just open a page at a random place, read two words and then open another page somewhere else. Yes, correct. That is like so haunted. Just to think of someone who's like, oh, yeah, I read that book. And then like we just see a flashback of them just reading random pages at random yes, times. And totally. it's just like they're a fucking psychopath. And they yeah. kill you. I don't know. Yeah. OK, so that's exactly what this game is. And the origins of this game are debatable, but it is generally understood that the game comes from either South America or Mexico. Its original name being El Juego del Libro Rojo. The game of the Red Book. Mm -hmm. Called the most dangerous game and even denounced by the Catholic Church. What? El Juego del Libro Rojo is banned throughout many religious communities in Latin America. Given the seriousness with which this game is regarded, one might think that you need some scary or even evil tools to play it. But what makes this game so frightening is that it's actually quite simple. In order to play this supernatural game, all you need is a book. The book must have a red hard cover and it must not have any pictures in it. The older the book, the better the game works. Mm. And the less information you know about the book, the better. Mm. Although the book must be old, it must also not have any scribbles, graffiti, highlights, or drawings on the cover or any of the pages. Mm -hmm. If you are not in a financial position to buy a book meeting these requirements, it is also acceptable to borrow one from your local library. Once you have found a suitable book, you must now find one red candle. While the game can be played alone, it is recommended that more sensitive people play in a group of at least two. While there is no maximum number of players allowed, it is said that too many people being present will prevent the game from working properly. Now that you know what objects you need, let's dive into how to play. Yeah. During this game, you will be speaking directly to the book you have selected. Although you will address the book, you should be aware that the book is merely a conduit. What you are actually speaking to is whatever spirit happens to be called to you through the book at that time. Mm. Since you have no say in which spirit you will be channeling, it is advisable to cleanse your room with a very specific cleansing ritual prior to beginning this game. You will take a mixture of water, a pinch of rock salt, mm. and a splash of bleach mixing it together in a spray bottle for convenience. If you do not have access to bleach or are allergic to this chemical, you may instead use a spray bottle filled with seawater or lake water. Next, wipe down all of the important surfaces in the room. If any of the mixture is left over, dump it out on the street outside. When you come back inside, place a small amount of salt under the cracks of all doors and windows and in the corners of the room. This will create a protective barrier so that no spirits called into the world by you can escape to the outside. Some sources say that you should carry with you something made of gold, such as a piece of jewelry, a religious statue, or an amulet of some kind that has been washed with water and salt for approximately one half hour. However, 
Other paranormal researchers warn that this can be dangerous, as any object of sentimental value can be used against you by the spirits. It is therefore best to leave all objects of value, whether sentimental or monetary, outside of your chosen room. Now that the preparation work is finished, you may begin the game. Bleach? Really? They want you to spray, spray bleach all over your house? So, as we're going to learn throughout this episode, anytime we're talking about paranormal games, everyone seems to have an opinion on like what is better to do. Mm. And so it's kind of hard to discern, like, what is the real ritual? What is something that someone has just, like, added or fucked up or, like... So in all the research I could find, there were only two ways to cleanse the room Mm -hmm. prior to beginning. One was using that mixture of rock salt, tap water, and bleach. And then another way was using either ocean water Mm -hmm. or lake water. I mean, there's no fucking way I'm going to spray my house with lake water. It's going to smell like a fart like forever. <laughs> so no. So I'm choosing the bleach? Yeah. Well, I don't want to spray bleach all over my house either. It's weird because usually with magical things, it's like all very natural. Like, oh, right. you're going to have to take a piece of sage and and uh, clean water that's been, you know, left out underneath a moon something. Right. And this is like, go to the cheapest store you can find, get a bottle of bleach, Mix it up and spray it. Well, and I think, too, it's so interesting how rituals vary from country to country. I right. think you're right. In the U.S., we tend to be like sage is the end all be all. Yeah. And I wonder if that's something that we like derive from Native American rituals with white sage. I think so. I remember I can't remember what it was, but someone was saying something like white sage or some sort of sage is like unethical because it was it's like taking it is like taking away from the Native American yeah, community. Yeah, so I've read that too. And I believe what I read, and I could be wrong, is that white sage is in whatever the equivalent of an endangered plant is. Okay. And so because Native Americans have historically used white sage for their religious rites, it's right. inappropriate for people who aren't of that religion to be like, I'm going to buy sage and right. wave it around my apartment. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but my apartment is really scary, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, now that the preparation work is finished. So regardless of if you used sage, yes. if you used lake water, ocean right. water, bleach, whatever we're it was. We're here. We're ready to play. We're here. We're ready to play. We've got salt in the corners, underneath the doors. I dumped out the rest of the water in the street. Yes. Yeah. Perfect. Let's okay, go. so now you may begin the game. Okay. Turn out the lights in the room and light the red candle. Place the book on a table in front of you closed with the palm of your left hand on the hard cover. Next, close your eyes and say aloud one of two options. Libro rojo, puedo entrar a tu juego? Or, in English, red book, can I enter your game? Or, if you prefer, you may say, Libro rojo, hay alguien con nosotros? Or, in English, red book, Is anyone with us? Keeping your eyes closed, use your left hand to feel the pages of the book, opening the book to a random page that feels right to you, and then use your finger to point to a random sentence on that page. This is the answer the spirit has given you. Mm. Read the answer aloud. I want to play. 
if the answer is some variation of the phrase yes or the answered yes, then you may proceed to play the game. If the answer is negative or does not make sense, then your question may have been poorly worded or contact with the spirit may simply not have been established. In this case, you will need to start over and try again. Continue seeking answers until you receive one that makes sense. Once you have a coherent answer, you know that you have made contact with an entity who wishes to play. Everyone who is participating in the game should now take turns asking questions, passing the book around the table while doing so. Once all players have received answers to each of their questions, it is time to end the game. To end the game, you must make sure that you ask the spirit calmly and respectfully to leave. If you are nervous, frightened, stutter, or are disrespectful in any way, you might anger the spirit or they may feed off of your uncertainty. Politely, you should close your eyes and ask, Libro Rojo, ¿Puedo salir de tu fuego? Or, in English, Red Book, Can I Leave Your Game? You may then it says no. You may then open the book, pointing to a random sentence. If the sentence you read is some variation of the word yes, then you may interpret that as having permission to leave. You may not end the game until all players have been given permission to leave by the spirit. Regardless of what you want to do, the decision will ultimately be made by the entity. If all goes well, the spirit will agree to leave when you ask them to. But sometimes entities can pretend that they have left, only to stay by your side for longer, feeding off of your life. The ability for a spirit to deceive you and attach to you is higher if you have any objects of personal or sentimental value on you. So that's why at the beginning it said like some people, some yeah. websites say like you should bring an amulet. But actually like all the most legit websites Are I like, found no, were don't. like don't do it because that's a way that they can attach themselves to you. So if you're just like super depressed and like don't ever attach any value to sentimental objects or have no like memories around you, like the spirits can't you're get probably you. fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's why like your Raycon is not very high, <laughs> Natalia, when we did the Raycon test. If you guys don't know what we're talking about, no time to explain Go find the episode about the Ray contest. Yeah. Okay. After receiving permission from the spirit to leave, you may close your eyes and slowly close the book. If you are religious, you may next extinguish the red candle with holy water, take a rosary in your hands, and pray, either reciting a series of Hail Marys or the Lord's Prayer, depending on your preference. So that's optional. If you're not religious, you right. don't have to do that step. Finally, after saying your prayer, recite the following. May the good spirits surround me, and may the entity with whom I communicated be at peace and not hold a grudge. Amen. As long as the entity is truly gone from the room, no harm will befall you upon completing this ritual. Okay, hold on a second. There's no guarantees that the entity is going to, like, do what you want it to anyways. Correct. So why even ask permission? Like, if they're going to try to be disrespectful with you, just be disrespectful to them. So, as with any ritual... If you follow every single thing to the letter, you're supposed to be fine. But if you skip a step or go in with like an attitude or nervous, right. then shit's going to go wrong 100% of the time from all the sources that I read. Wow. So first, I'm going to read you my sources for this game before I move on. 
Okay. So, I want to play it now. So the sources for this game are AminoApps.com article, The Red Book Game, contributed by user Desreputable Daughter, Creepypasta.Fandom.com's post on El Juego del Libro Rojo by Anonymous, El Libro Rojo, Uno de los Siete Juegos Prohibidos por la Iglesia, published to El Portal del Miedo.net, written by a user named Eddie Du. Fear Portal? Yeah.net. Uh huh. Quieres Jugar el Juego del Libro Rojo, published on StandardDigitalNews.com on October 8, 2020, by an anonymous user. Segundo Juego Prohibido, El Juego del Libro Rojo, Cómo Jugar y Protegerte Realmente, published to InvestigacionParaScientifica.com. Now, during my research of this game, I was really struck by how many conflicting sources I came across. Mm -hmm. For example, in one source, I read that you only need one candle, but in another, I read that you need one candle per person. That's the demons trying to trick us, right? Well, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. In another source, uh, I read that you need to bring an amulet made of gold. And in another, it said you should absolutely never do that under any circumstances. So in the hopes of clearing up some of this confusion, I tweeted asking if anyone from Mexico had ever played this game before. And I found someone. <gasps> so oh what I'm going How to play for they? you next. Oh, you're. this is going to make you not want to play the game. Okay. So what I'm going to play for you next is a recorded phone conversation between myself and one of our listeners, Michelle HP, who played Thank this you, game many years ago when she lived in Mexico. Oh, and yeah. Michelle is a longtime listener of the show. She's donated to us before. So for me, it was a real treat to get to speak to her. Oh, wow. Are you ready? Thanks, Michelle. Hey, Michelle. Thank you so much for coming on to Let's Get Haunted. Woo! Absolutely. So I'm super excited to hear all about this Red Book game experience. And I wanted to start off by asking you if you want to, like, introduce yourself a little bit to the Haunted fam. So my name is Michelle. Um, you can follow me on Twitter or Instagram. I don't check social media as often as I should. But I did see your tweet, and I thought it was really interesting um, because it was one of those games that, like, I briefly played a very long time ago. Um, I've been following you guys since uh, Sugar Fine 7, when you guys did, you guys would get together with um, Autumn and uh, Mimi and, you know, like, kind of like back in the day from a very long time ago. Um, and then I started listening to you guys' podcast, and it really got me intrigued. So I've been a long-time listener. So I was born in Mexico, and then... I uh, lived in the U.S. and then I moved back. So I, I just kind of like been going back and forth a lot because I, I like the culture. So I lived in Guadalajara. Um, I was born and raised there for about six years. And then that's where I um, lived for about 10 years. And then that's where I played the Red Book. So I heard about it from a friend. Um, it was, we used to like hang out at a friend's apartment all the time um, back when I was probably like 21, 22. And uh, we would kind of like get into ghost hunting stuff and kind of like, tra like travel around uh, Mexico, different places, and uh, just kind of explore. And one day we were Googling what else we could do, like what are some of the written legends? Um, what are some, you know, like tales or things that people have done? And that was one of the things that we decided to do in a drunkenly um, 
experience that we were like, yeah, let's do that. So for the book specifically, we went to a really old bookstore. I don't know if it's still there, but um, basically each one of us, there, so there was four of us playing, and um, each one of us got a red book. And um, there's the specifications of it, of course, are like you can't have any drawings on it. Um, it has to be like a hardbound book. Uh, so we just kind of like went through this old bookshop and we started picking out books. And after um, we would, you know, kind of gather back together, check the books out and be like, okay, so which one is it going to be? And we just kind of like went in a circle and we picked a book that kind of like stood out to all of us. Um, and then, yeah, we just kind of went from there. But it was kind of, it was a group decision. The book was about the one of the battles in Mexico. It was really old. All I remember is it smelled really, really bad. It was written in Spanish. And it had no pictures, no drawings, like no graffiti or anything. It was just like a really old hardcover red book. Is that correct? That is correct. Uh, yeah, because one of the rules that you're supposed to follow is um, there's like like you said, there's no scribbles, no small little penises all over the book, no, <laughs> like nothing, like nothing. There can be nothing on there. It it has to be hardbound book for sure. Like you, it can't be a little floppy or anything like that. So uh, that's kind of one of one of the books why it got discarded is because it kind of bent a little bit, and we didn't want to like suck with the experience. So we at um, we started the idea at a friend's apartment, and then we ended up playing at my apartment. Um, and we played um, at 3 o'clock in the morning, like the witching hour, because we wanted to see what would happen. All I remember was, um, it was there was like a thunderstorm happening, because in Guadalajara, when there's like thunderstorms, kind of the power goes out. So we decided to do it. Uh, it was, I believe it was like mid-July. We bought four candles, four red candles. I know that this is really bad, but we bought them at a local uh, market where they sell kind of um, ritual stuff. <laughs> we were kind of going out of our way to really power up the experience. We also asked at the at the shop um, if there was anything else that we kind of needed to make sure that it worked or if there like anything that they could sell, sell us. And so we got four candles. They were really, really tall candles too. And then they also warned us to have like a kind of like do a ritual like before and after. They gave us like an amulet for each one of us. And then it was kind of like a protection amulet. All of ours had red string on it. And then it had like a small little um, rock, like a protection type of rock. It was just very, very small pink stone. And then they gave us a little small shot which had like holy water. So when we went in asking uh, for the candles, they told us that it's um, you're supposed to do it afterwards. Like when you end the game, you're supposed to sprinkle it or kind of like close up the circle um, so that way nothing follows. Um, but full disclaimer, um, on the ride back to my apartment, we accidentally dropped the holy water. So <laughs> the holy water didn't make it to my house. So I have read the rules for the red book game and I've found conflicting information. And so I was wondering mm -hmm. if I could hear what you guys did to set up for the ritual. I read in some accounts that you're supposed to cleanse the room you do the ritual in before you do the ritual. Did you guys do that at all? No. And I honestly 
had the same problem too when we were researching on how to do it there was it's kind of like conflicting because one of them says that you're supposed to have the holy water and you're supposed to like um go in with age and you're supposed to you know like before and after um it's not really clear and then the candles how you set them up and like we found instructions that said you're supposed to set up the candles uh side by side of the book one on the left side and then one on the right side um and then i had other instructions that said you're supposed to put the candles in the corner of the room so okay so six years ago when you were 22 in guadalajara mexico you and three of your friends were hanging out in your friend's apartment decide you want to play this game go out get four candles were the candles red candles or were they a different color they were red candles and they were like about the size of a yeti bottle you got these candles you got amulet cup of holy water that unfortunately didn't make it to the ritual and a red hardbound book that had no pictures Mm -hmm. and no drawings and it was three in the morning and there was a thunderstorm do i have it all right so far yes so uh we were getting ready to play and we kind of like started getting things not to play um where like some of us were kind of checking out we did, like we weren't really sure how we were going to start playing it because of how confusing the conflicting the information is my roommate was like fuck it like let's just do it like let's just light up the candles like let's go i remember we, we were like okay like you know like let's take a shot before we do this and you know Ooh, girls night and so we took a shot and we started playing but we had to like make sure that when we sat in front of the book that we were very very quiet we had to get into the zone and I remember it being very very quiet it was way too quiet and I remember we started the ask the ritual by closing our eyes and then putting our right hand on top of the book and asking the book if we could play and that's how you're supposed to initiate it and then so what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to keep your eyes closed put your hand on top of it and then you have to go through a couple pages and then stop and then point to a word if the word is like related to your question like if it says yes then you can go ahead and continue. Or if the phrase near, like if it makes sense, then you can go ahead and continue. And you can continue to do so, but you have to make sure that, like if if you're playing, your eyes have to be closed while you're asking the question. And you have to make sure that everybody kind of finishes doing the round of questions, but nobody can walk away from it. So that was one of the things that we kind of like, we had to check up on each other and make sure that we were all going to open our eyes at the same time. And we all had to like coordinate very well. Um, just because we didn't want to do something wrong. So when when you asked the question, uh, can I play the game, do you remember what the phrase or word is that you ended up pointing to? It doesn't say yes, like directly. The word that I pointed to, I believe it was con- continuing in Spanish, continuar. Continuing to me and to everybody else means you may proceed. I'm just going to put an example because I l- later bad on that you're not supposed to discuss what goes inside in the game. That's one of the rules that afterwards you're not supposed to discuss what happens during the session. And I read that like afterwards, but I I can't tell you that we were asking very dumb questions like um what's your favorite like what's my favorite color or and stuff like that, which doesn't work because it's not a yes or no type of question. You know, like we were just kinda like messing like that. All I can say is that we we were just asking questions like very silly, dumb questions. It started to work for some of us, but one of our friends 
started to think that it was kind of like BS because they were just messing around. Um, and this is where things kind of started going wrong. Is she thought it was very, very dumb and decided to leave while we were in the middle of the ritual. <laughs> she just, she said it was dumb. She said that she didn't believe it. And so she got up and then walked away. And then we kind of like started checking out because some of us were getting like more into the game and then we just ended it. So we ended it by, you're supposed to always get like a yes or no question, like yes or no answer. And we ended it by asking the book if we can leave, the if we can stop. And until you get a, like a solid answer, then you can stop. But because of what was happening with one of our friends, we kind of got up without really closing it. Do you feel like you had any consequences because you didn't end the game properly? I feel like we, we completely did. So that friend that left never spoke to us ever again after that. Another one of our friends started having like weird stuff happening to her where she just kind of like didn't talk about it. And we lost two friends that were in the session. Um, and then my other friend and I started experiencing really weird things in our apartment. So one of the really weird things that started happening is that I like I wouldn't sleep at night. And uh, at the time I had a dog, uh, her name was um, Lauren. And our dog like straight up started barking in the middle of the night and during the day. And it just kind of started getting weird where like in the living room, we wouldn't feel as comfortable because that's where, where we did it initially. Things would start moving around when we were there and it just got really, really weird. And so I ended up moving from that apartment just because uh, I had a falling out with that friend too, uh, where she started getting paranoid of the things that were happening. And we just kind of like bickered a lot about because I didn't want to talk about it. And when I moved out of that apartment, things like still happened to me afterwards for like about a year or so. We would have stuff on our table, our dining table. And uh, like it wouldn't, like uh, we would leave like a pencil or something and it would roll off of the table. And then that was kind of like a minimal thing. But then we started to realize that like things in the kitchen would start to move. Uh, like we had a roller cart and the roller cart instead of being against the wall would be in the middle of the kitchen. And then oh. our door towards the backyard uh, started to rattle sometimes. And we thought it was, well, there's a lot of earthquakes in Mexico. So we thought it was an earthquake multiple times, uh, but there was nothing there. And so we realized that outside all of our stuff would be like on the floor. So things, things like that started to happen. And we kind of like, we thought that like we were prank, like she thought I was pranking her. And I thought that she was pranking me, like, like we were messing with each other. And then eventually it just got to a point where I was just like, I can't, like, you have to stop doing this to me. And she was like, I'm not doing anything. And we just had a huge fallout where I moved out because I was like, no, you're, you're trying to mess with me. When you moved out, things didn't stop happening? Like that, that didn't fix it? No. So she had a roommate afterwards and her roommate left within a month of being there because the same stuff would happen to her. Uh, and then I moved away, and then in, at my apartment, 
I ended up finding uh, like really weird stuff happening where like in the middle of the night, things would like start happening again. Uh, like, I don't know how to describe this, but like, I always felt like there was somebody in the apartment with me when there wasn't. And uh, at the time I had a boyfriend stay over and they got freaked out while I was sleeping. They said that they saw, I guess, one of the, the PlayStation controllers kind of like roll a little, a little bit and they started getting freaked out. So eventually they never went back in the apartment. Was there a point where bad things stopped happening or everything went back to normal? Um, so eventually what ended up happening was that I got really scared one day and uh, I was in the kitchen by myself and I was making myself dinner and I was like already thinking of like going to bed or just kind of like getting ready. I had had a knife. I left it on the counter and I was chopping. And then when I turned around to go grab like a container, the knife was gone. And I was like, ah, like I, where did I put it? And I was like looking around for it. And I found the knife not in a place where I would put it or set it. And I was tilted the opposite way. And I got really freaked out because there was, if I would have like grabbed it, I would have grabbed the knife essentially, the knife part of it, not the handle. So I got really freaked out of, about that. And then that same night while I was sleeping, I kept having nightmares. And I woke up in the middle of the night and I ended up screaming really, really hard. And I ended up waking up like my neighbors because I thought that somebody had broken into my apartment. But it was just, it was like really, really bad terrors that were happening at night. And that's when I decided to see what I could do to make it go away. Because no matter, like, if it was at my apartment or it, like, and the thing that sucks is, like, I kind of blocked it off, but it would also happen when I was out in public spaces. And that's what I didn't like about it is I went to visit a place in Guadalajara that is owned by a Canadian uh, citizen, and it's called uh, La Casa de las Vacas, and it's a beautiful place, um, very old. And I remember going through the house, and just taking a couple pictures, and I went up the stairs. I was over by, like, a nursery type of room, and I remember hearing a baby cry. And I was just like, huh, maybe it's because it's, like, the street is outside. But when I talked to the owner, they just said that, yeah, like, sometimes people hear that stuff. And that's when I was like, nope, gonna go get cleansed now. <laughs> so I went to go get Reiki work done, and that's when I found out that, like, I was, like I'm sensitive to something and that basically whatever it was that we never like closed the doors to kind of stuck with me, if that makes sense. It just like oh. never left. It wasn't, it wasn't the fact that it was in the apartment. It just got attached to me directly because I was sensitive to certain things, whatever it was, it never left. Absolutely. So did you have any sense of what it was that had attached to you? Yeah. And so I talked about it with, I think her name is uh, Margarita, the, the lady that helped me out. She, she asked me to describe what I thought it was. And to me, the energy that I always got was like a little kid, small child. And for some reason, because I'm very like nurturing and very like motherly, I kind of wanted to take care of it in a weird way or figure out like how to help it. So I started kind of attaching myself to it in a way, it kind of just followed me through. I felt like it needed help and I felt like it was, for some reason in my head, I had an image like a very poor child, somebody that like needed, like needed help. Like they just, it just felt like that. But she said that it wasn't. 
there's different ways that energy can like mask itself. Um, it can mask itself basically into uh, you feeling sorry for it, and that feeds the energy. So the way she described it is it's, it wasn't a child. It was just a bad energy masking itself as something that would nurture off of me because of how I am, because of who I am. And it started to do so, but it said it has different ways. Like it had different ways of kind of like putting a facade of, I need help or here, play with me. Or like, kind of like, it kind of tricks you into thinking it's something, but it's not. Oh, another thing that, that I did wrong was I knew its name for some reason. And I like kept saying the name or like I named it and which is something you're not supposed to do. You're not supposed to name whatever is out there because it doesn't have a name. It's, it's just something out there and you're not supposed to name them because that's how they attach themselves to you. It's kind of like a pet essentially. And I ended up having to stop looking for it and kind of like put a barricade and not think about it and not like not um, call for it. So that was the thing that I started, I had to do when I got home, but it took me like probably like three months worth of Reiki sessions. Whatever, whatever it is, if you ever feel anything, don't name it. Like it doesn't have a name. It's just, if it did have a name, like you're not supposed to know because that's how they kind of like latch on to you. So I'm assuming that even like now you cannot say the name, correct? That is correct. Even yeah. now, as you're telling this story, does it make you feel very uneasy even now, six years later? Or do you feel like you've sufficiently gotten it out of your life? So another thing that I do want to say is that I found out I had the red book with me when I moved. I didn't destroy it, which is what you're supposed to do. And so that's probably why it kind of stuck with me for a while. But I ended up having to give up the book to... Margarita, and then give it to her and give her everything that was in the, that we used at that time, which had a, like, I, I don't know why I kept it. Um, but once I did, I kind of felt relieved that it was gone. But like, still to this day, like, I'm, it's very uneasy. It's a very uneasy feeling because I always feel like I have to be careful. <laughs> and I do want to go ahead and clarify the minute that she saw me and she saw me with the bracelet because that entire time I had the bracelet on. She took the bracelet from me immediately, like on the first session. She said that whatever was on the bracelet or whatever the purpose was for it was not good and that we need, I like, I needed to remove it immediately. And so she kind of like, she kind of knew like what we had done was bad, but she was kind of happy that I was there to remove it or take care of it. So like afterwards, like the after stuff, she was like, you're not supposed to keep all this stuff. You're not you were supposed to she even said i wouldn't recommend playing this game because this is stuff that like not a lot of people are they're not used to playing this and nobody's an expert and there's a whole bunch of rules that go into it did she explain any of the things that you did wrong or or was her purpose basically to just help you at that point she educated me on what i did wrong like all of the things and all the steps that i did wrong and my group of friends did wrong um, because essentially she said that when you have more than two players at the same time, you have much more energy going through with it. Mm. And when you have two people playing it, it's like it's kind of, you can synergize better with two people. You can, you know what you're doing. Uh, you know, each other's kind of like emotions or, you know, 
you can tell what the other person's kind of thinking if you're really in tune. But if you have four people playing or more than two, it can vary a lot. And there's, you're kind of like throwing your chances out the window for it to fully succeed or for something to go wrong. All I remember was um, the candles. If you're going to get candles, don't get them from, you know, like a nearby witch shop or whatever it was, a local market. Uh, make sure that you get those candles and there's like no energy kind of attached to it. She even said like if you would, like if I would have gone to Walmart and gotten two red candles, that would have worked great, way better because the candles that were given to us were candles specifically like made with the intention or with kind of like the hope that it goes into a ritual or a game that you're not supposed to do. Is the number of candles present supposed to match the number of people present? So I asked, and there's only supposed to be two. <laughs> she told me is that you're supposed to create a circle around the two players in the book and the candle. And that circle makes sure that, like, whatever, it's kind of like a out-of-bounds type of thing. Like you're creating a line, essentially, or a perimeter of some sort. But it's supposed to go around the two players. Is it a line made of salt, or is it an imaginary line? No, it's supposed to be made out of salt. But it's like you said, there's so much misinformation online. I mean, there are so many different ways people claim you're supposed to play the game that how is the average person supposed to know what they're doing? Yeah, no, of course. And I think that, I don't know, like, if you had a chance to look at how you're supposed to end the game, there's so many different ways of ending it. There's one where you're asking it if you can leave, and, as, like, you're supposed to leave until it says yes, and then you can go. But... You're supposed to ask to leave, and you're supposed to ask for it to not follow you or to make sure that nothing goes out of the book and follows mm-hmm. you around. That's, that's the thing that we didn't do. I'll say in Spanish. So the way she said it was you're supposed to put your hand on the book, and you're supposed to go, Libro rojo, podemos terminar de jugar? And then you're supposed to wait. You're supposed to open it, do that. And then if it says no, then you can continue and kind of like ask and ask until it does and then at the end if it says yes you just go libro rojo te pedimos que no vayas atrás de nosotros y te quedes aquí and then you end it none of the people that you played the game with are are still in your life is that correct that is correct immediately after we played like i said those those two friends kind of stopped talking and i like i knew that some stuff happened to them that was kind of weird and they didn't want to talk about it. And then I had the entire fallout with my roommate. Well, this is making me rethink. Maybe I should (laughs) not play this game with Natalia. Uh, I think that, I mean, it's like a 50, 50 of from experience. I can tell you that it's not, it's not good just because you're just kind of overthinking of like, Oh shit, there's a shadow in the corner. What the hell? Like, you start kind of getting paranoid because you know you did something wrong. If you do it, proceed caution. A lot of salt and holy water. I think that if if you have the right mindset, then go for it. And you can trust the other person, then go for it. But you have to be very, very careful. You have to be very cautious and careful because you never know what's going to happen or if something happens. 
Okay, Natalia. Oh my God. What do you think of this story? At first, I wanted to play the game, but now I don't want to play the game at all. Right. Well, that's what I was telling her too is that so we had like an hour and a half conversation and that was just a snippet from it. But I was telling her like, at the beginning of the conversation, like, oh, I'm so excited to talk to someone that's played because I want to bring the t- like the tools to the studio yeah. and have Natalia play with me. And she was like being really nice. But she was like, well, you might want to like hear my story first, you know, type when of thing. She, when you asked her what the word was that the book said when she asked, like, can we play your game? And it was continue. I like Oh my god, like I just got so many chills. I don't know why either. Now my body has started doing this thing where when I get the chills, my eyes tear up, like I just start crying. Yeah. And like it didn't used to always be like that, but now when I get scared, I just start crying. So like when I was hearing that story and she was talking, I was just like crying and I was like, <laughs> what's happening right now? That that yeah, the fact that it just said continue is just so scary to me. Right, like know. you're asking, oh, can I have permission? That's what I mean by this yeah. whole thing with this game that's so freaky is it's any fucking book, right? I mean, it has to be like meet those certain specifications. Yeah, but, but what are the odds that it would say continue? Yes. Like if I opened a random book, it would be like, oh, and then he said to her, we'll get married. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Like it would just be random shit. Right. So that's just so creepy. Also, the fact that their friend got up and left and never spoke to them again. Ever again. And then so she said like two friends from that friend group just like never like basically ended up never speaking to them ever again i think maybe they knew they were haunted like yeah that one yeah i think what if what if the girl that got up and left and was like this is stupid this isn't working was like knew it was bad or something i mean who's to say yeah Yeah. i mean we don't even know what she was thinking because she literally never spoke to those people ever again but the only reason you would never speak if you really thought something was stupid you would be like oh this is stupid you know and then just like this is stupid see you at bottomless brunch tomorrow yeah exactly (laughs) like sorry i gotta go to bed like this is fucking dumb and cutting into my nighttime routine right exactly but the fact that they left and never spoke to them again makes me think that they were saying this is stupid like we shouldn't be playing this right like something doesn't feel right like they just got nervous and left yeah I feel like whenever somebody says like oh I'm above this or I'm too good for this or this is dumb I feel like it comes from a place of nervousness yeah and uncomfortableness right yeah yeah I don't know it Uh, freaked me out I just thought it was such a crazy fucking story and when she went to the lady and the lady like just knew already that she had something attached to her yeah and then she asked her what the name was and she was like don't ever say that again yes. why did she ask her then why did she just say hey by the I way don't know. i don't know if you're thinking it has a name or something but just so you know if you ever say the name of a spirit out loud it gives them more power and like nothing good can come from it why would they be like oh what's its name don't ever do that again yeah, yeah. or like when um like the lady like took the amulet and like threw it away and was like you don't like this yeah. is like making the spirit like feed off of you more like it's just so interesting because like I was saying at the beginning I was researching the story on my own before I ever like read or heard Michelle's story and I was finding so many conflicting things and the last website that I had found had said like all of these charlatan websites will say that you need to like bring an amulet but actually that's like the worst fucking thing you can do so and I didn't say that to Michelle I just asked her for her story yeah and so it's so interesting to me that the lady who like helped with the cleansing ritual or the Reiki work like also said the same thing like you should never bring an amulet the person that worked in that ritual store too that sold them the amulets and sold them the candles and stuff wouldn't they know that that was like you're not supposed to do that right well it sounds like they were like 
maybe I mean reading between the lines I don't want to put words in Michelle's mouth but it kind of sounds like where she went to get the stuff may have been from like a specific like witch doctor type of place yeah. so maybe they're just more like they to them it's like this is a fucking Saturday afternoon right like here's some super fucking haunted charged candles and like a little shot of holy water like have fun because to them it's like whatever they do this all the time yeah but if you're a sensitive person or you're inexperienced and you're doing the ritual wrong like shit can go wrong yeah so crazy um but I did want to I had asked Michelle at the end of the episode if she wanted to give any sort of shout out and she said I would like to give a shout out to everyone on the LGH discord Mm. who have all been so nice also my sister Jimena who is graduating next year lastly a huge thank you to my talented partner slash dog dad Ben and his band The Plane on Spotify that's P-L-A-I-N please go and check him out my handles are Twitter at the Emmy Lech. So T H E E M I L L E C H. Her Instagram is at M I C H H P A R R A. And on Discord, she is Emmy Lech. Oh, wow. Thank you for that story. Oh, man. That's so, so powerful, too. Yeah. And then thinking about with the knife, how like it was turned yeah. with the blade. So if she had her. just not been paying attention and grabbed it, thinking that she, like, she would have sliced her hand. Yeah. Also, the image of her parking uh, like a little rolling cart in her kitchen uh-huh. against the wall and, and then rolling. leaves and comes back in and it's in the middle of her fucking like room it's paranormal activity yes like it's just that that's the, the fifth one or whatever one they're on right now this, is this story oh, it sounds like yeah the plot of a movie yeah yeah, yeah and the fact too that the girl moved out one month after she moved out moving is hard no one wants to move no. a month after yeah. you moved into a place so it makes me think that the place was literally haunted yeah Straight up, like everyone could tell, everyone could feel it. It's fucked up. Michelle, yeah. thank you for telling your yeah, story. Thank you. Gave glad, me chills. yeah, gave us the chills. Um, I'm glad that you got your Reiki work done and you're in a much better place in terms of the spirit. And I hope it stays the fuck away from you. Yeah. Because it also gave me the chills knowing that like the spirit was trying to trick her into right. thinking that it was this poor lost soul that needed her help. Yeah. Scary. Okay. Well, that was the first game of the episode. Now we have game number two. Okay. The cup game or El Juego de la Copa. Oh, the cup game. That's that game from, um, what's that movie where they like sing without music and it's like they compete. Um, uh, Where they're in the acapella group. Sing songers. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. What is it? Pitch perfect. Pitch perfect. Sing songer (laughs) perfect. Yes. Pitch perfect. And it's like, yeah, I'm going to miss you when you're gone. Yeah. You're going to miss me. That was so big in like like 2012. Yeah. Well. That, the cup noise. that certainly sounds like a fun <laughs> game to play. This one is a little more dark. Okay. So while researching, I want to begin. Okay. I want to begin by just saying this little intro. Okay. 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 While researching mystical games like El Juego del Libro Rojo, I kept finding myself coming back to the same question. How does calling spirits into our world even work? Well, according to Alejandro Saiz Martino, a parapsychologist based in Cantabria, Spain, he himself pondered over this question for many years until he finally had the opportunity to ask an official Vatican exorcist. Hmm? So he asked the exorcist, like, how does like how does this shit even work? Like, yeah. is this bullshit? You know what I mean? Like, how can it be 
that you open a fucking book yeah. and a demon comes in. Right. Or like, how can it be that you're playing with a Ouija board yeah. and like the shit comes Magic. in? So the exorcist told him the following, which I translated and paraphrased from Spanish to English. Quote, Amazing. Hell is like a glove. A glove only has one hole. You place your hand inside the glove and you remove your hand from the glove through that same opening. Similarly, hell only has one opening through which a soul can enter or exit. The soul or being that is trapped inside this glove has no rest. It yearns to escape from there by all means, whether by force or through deception, because it cannot rest until it reaches outside. When we say an open incantation, for example, by using a Ouija board, what we are actually doing is opening an interdimensional portal that spans not only that exit hole from hell, but also that of heaven and any other unknown dimensions in its path. We may have hoped to communicate with our deceased grandfather, to ask him a question, say goodbye to him, or simply to see him again because we miss him. But out of this diverse world to which we have just granted a passageway, who is more interested in crossing over? Our beloved grandfather whose soul is surely at peace? Or a soul who is tormented and can only attain peace here in our world? And how will this entity manage to stay in our dimension for as long as it can to rest? How will it make sure that it can remain here for as long as possible at peace, there are only two ways. One, by possessing us directly if we are weak, sensitive, or sick, or if we are not, by possessing us through a personal object we have with us. Oh. Or two, by making us believe that they are the person to whom we are trying to communicate, by lying and trying to convince us to allow them to stay in our dimension at least for long enough until they can find an eligible person or object to possess. What do you think of this quote, Natalia? That's That person should be a writer. That was an awesome quote. Wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you just translated it to be amazing, but that was like a really cool thing to say. Like, hell is a glove yeah. with one opening. It was very, it's very, very cool. like I Also love... made me really not want to go to hell. Yeah. Yes. Right. <laughs> it sounds terrible. Scared the shit out yeah. of me. Yeah. So what this quote and Michelle's personal account from the previous game teach us is the importance of respecting the rules of paranormal games, right? right? Like, don't bring in an amulet. Like, yeah. don't make the mistake of thinking that this entity is like a poor lost soul that needs right. our help. One false move, one innocent slip up, and you could be dealing with an evil entity feeding off of you for the rest of your life. <gasps> so now, without further ado... Let's get into the rules of our second game, the cup game. There are only six rules listed on the website investigacionparacientifica.com, which I have translated and paraphrased for clarity's sake below. One, be accompanied by either an expert or someone who has played the game multiple times throughout the years. Playing alone can be dangerous and playing the game wrong can be very dangerous. Two, never allow any child or underage person in general to play. Three, do not allow people who are sick, weak, 
sensitive, or easily suggestible to play the game, as once it begins, you cannot stop it prematurely, and these types of people will never be able to handle the game, will always leave early, and can put the lives of others playing at risk. Four, before starting the game, you need to protect the entire building you are in, whether it's a house, an office, or some other structure. Protection will come in the form of a simple ritual of spiritual cleansing and protection identical to the one mentioned in the Red Book game. As a reminder, that cleansing ritual is the following. Use a spray bottle filled with seawater or lake water. If you live in a town without access to the ocean or a lake, you can take normal water and add rock salt to it. Note that rock salt is different from table salt. A mixture of table salt and water will not work. Next, wipe down all the important surfaces in the room. If any of the mixture is left over, dump it out on the street outside. Do not dump any leftover water into any sink, toilet, or anywhere else besides the street outside the building. Why? I don't know. I could not find why, but I found multiple sources that say that, like... Just don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah. Okay. When you come back inside, place a generous line of rock salt at all the doors and windows, sealing up as best as you can any cracks to the outside world. This will help create a protective barrier so that no spirits called into the world by you can escape to the outside. 5. Do not carry any amulet or object of sentimental value with you. Paranormal researchers warn that this can be dangerous, as any object of sentimental value can be used against you by the spirits. For example, if you are carrying a family portrait with you in your wallet, the entity may find it and use it to pretend to be a family member who has passed on. Mm. In fact, you should ensure that everything that might possibly be considered a personal item is left outside the room, no matter how small. This includes watches, wallets, keys, earrings, rings, necklaces, piercings, anything and everything. Since clothes can also sometimes hold sentimental value, those who are inexperienced with the paranormal may want to go to a Walmart or some other big box store to buy generic cheap clothing to which they have no sentimental attachment. Damn. Six. What if you have tattoos? <sighs> I don't know. You just can't play paranormal games? I'm not sure. Maybe you have to cover them somehow, protect them somehow. Not sure. Should have thought of that before you got tattoos. Uh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I guess we should have. <laughs> Six. Before starting the game, remember, you can never leave the game before it is completely finished. No matter what scary things happen or how frightened you become for your safety or your life. You also should never start the game without first reading all of the rules of the game and making sure everyone involved understands them. If you don't understand something, read conflicting information, or have any doubts at all, you should just not play the game. Paranormal games are not for everyone, and those who are unprepared or make a careless mistake may end up with more than they bargained the, for. This is like a misnomer. These are not paranormal games. These are like ways to murder yourself. Yes, right? Like, I don't... It sounds what like... What would be the benefit of playing one of these games? Well, what's the benefit? Like, did you ever play Ouija when you were little the with a Ouija board? Um, Yeah. I definitely did. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just to like have fun with my friends. Yeah. Like, I wanted to bond with my friends. Exactly. So that's, I think that's why people play these games. Because they're like, oh, spooky, scary, fun. Yeah, it'll like, be a thrill. Bond. Like, kind of like Michelle said, like, going into the game, they were like, woo, girls night. Like, right, they a took shot. a shot. Yeah. yeah. Like, I could totally see myself doing that. In fact, yeah. I almost brought in a red book <laughs> and a candle to play with you. And I'm not 21. Right. Like, I'm not, I have no excuse. Yeah. Yeah. 
So the last thing to note in this section is not a rule, but more of a suggestion. If you are at all worried, it may be a good idea to have a white candle with you during the ritual. The candle should be lit before beginning. While not always reliable, a lit white or light-colored candle will extinguish itself automatically in the presence of an especially evil and powerful entity. If this happens during your game, you must calmly and quickly end the session by forcefully saying goodbye to the entity, asking it not to follow you, and forcing it to return from whence it came. Now that we have gone over the rules, let's get into the game itself. If that candle blows out... You just die. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not doing any of that. I'm turning on the lights and I'm moving immediately right. back in with my parents. Exactly. Well, yeah. and, and that's why it says, like, do not start the game if you're sensitive. Like, do not start no. the game if you're, like, yeah. at all unsure of yourself. And so reading that, I was like, well, fuck. I'm I'm sensitive and unsure. Yeah. Like, there's no way yeah, those I would survive. Yeah, are my survive. two main qualities. Yes, sensitive yeah. and unsure. If someone was going to describe me in five <laughs> words or less, it's every single adjective of a person that shouldn't play this game. <laughs> so you will need paper, a writing utensil such as a marker pen or pencil, and a cup. The cup can be made of any material, but glass is preferred. Tear the paper into enough pieces to accommodate each letter of the alphabet and the numbers from 0 to 9. For people who are playing this game in English, that would mean you need 36 squares of paper. You will also need three additional pieces of paper. On these pieces, you will write the following words. Yes, no, and goodbye. Much like a Ouija board has. Mm. Place all of these pieces of paper in a circle, keeping a logical alphabetical order and or numerical order for the numbers, right. and place the glass in the center of the papers. If you do not have paper or are in a windy area, you can paint these numbers and letters on a table, but you should never write or paint on the ground or on any material that cannot be later purified with fire. Natalia. Jesus. I have some pictures here of various people playing the cup game, if you can describe them to our listeners. Yeah. And I will post these pictures to our Instagram at Let's Get Haunted. Let me Imagine open. like, like the only way I would play one of these games is if it was impulsive, right? Like it yeah. would be like that moment. Like imagine like committing to this so much that you paint it onto a table. Yeah, I'm looking at these pictures. Fuck this. This looks really <laughs> fucking scary. Um, it's literally, yeah. The ugh, How do you even describe this? Okay, so it's imagine like a deck of cards, but instead of a deck, instead of like the queen and the king and the ace of hearts and all that stuff. It's just big letters like A, B, C, D, E. And someone has taken those and like put them all the way in a big circle. That's probably like three feet by three foot. Uh, Cause circles actually just have one dimension, three foot. <laughs> um, and there's like an upside down glass in the middle, like a, like a wine glass. I was imagining a mug for some reason. This is like a wine glass and it's turned upside down with the stem facing up to the ceiling. And then there's just like a fuck ton of candles around it and they're all lit. And yeah, it looks really, it just doesn't look right. It looks very ritualistic, yeah. right? It looks unnatural because it's literally a bunch of letters. It's haunted. It's haunted. Something, it makes you feel uneasy, right? Yeah. Okay. It's wrong. So once this setup is complete, all participants should place a single finger on the glass, which is upside down in the middle of the cards containing the letters, numbers, and phrases like you described. Mm -hmm. 
It does not matter which finger or which hand is used, but it is recommended that each player use the index finger of their dominant hand simply because it should feel more naturally comfortable. As a friendly but urgent reminder, you should never let go of the cup until the game is completely over, no matter what happens or what you see during the game. After everyone has placed a finger on the cup, everyone should stare intently at the cup and concentrate with all of their might. Try to clear your mind and think only of the cup. If, once doing this, the cup begins to move quickly and nonsensically around the table, this means that the spirit that has entered the game is not friendly or does not want to be there and the game should be ended immediately. If, even though everyone in the room is concentrating on the cup, the cup does not move at all, which is what happens most of the time, then someone in the group must ask an opening question. The question should be asked by the most sensitive participant in the room, and the question should be meditated on and well thought out before being asked, and phrased in such a way that the answer will be short and simple to make it easier for the spirit to spell it out letter by letter. The most logical and commonly asked opening question is, quote, is there anyone there? This is because it will be an easy question for an entity to answer since there is a card on the table with the answer yes written on mm -hmm. it. If the cup does not move, that doesn't necessarily mean that there is no one there with you. It may mean that you simply are not concentrating on the glass hard enough or that the entity present is taking time to gather enough energy to move the cup. Be aware that as soon as the cup moves at all, even if it is just a few millimeters, the game is considered to have started and no one will be able to leave it or lift their finger until the game is eventually ended. You may only leave the game once you have either asked the spirit for permission to end the game and the spirit has said goodbye, or if the spirit will not grant you permission at first, you may end the game by forcefully telling the spirit that it is time for the game to end and then the spirit will say goodbye. The game, as you can see, is fairly straightforward and very similar to the popular children's toy in America known as the Ouija board. Yeah. But although the game is straightforward, there are a few things that you should never do while playing. Never ask when you are going to die or when someone else is going to die. Oh my god, why would you do that? I feel like we did that when I was younger and like playing the Ouija game. It was always like, who's going to get married first and who's going to die? Like, oh, I feel wow. like that's always what people ask. Okay, next point. Never allow the spirit to move the cup towards the end of the playing area, as this could be a trick to either break the circle or, if playing on a table, to cause the cup to fall and the player's fingers to lift from the glass. When this happens, it's possible for the spirit to possess a player or an object in the room. So the idea is like the spirit's underneath that cup? I think that the spirit is around you moving the cup, but I'm not positive that's right. a good hypothesis i hadn't really thought of that yeah if somebody is like a medium please comment yeah. below telling us next point do not laugh do not ask silly or sarcastic questions and do not remove your finger from the glass during the session yeah i can't play yeah <laughs> well it's like michelle said they were asking these sarcastic silly right. questions and then like everyone got haunted afterwards yeah the entity was like i'm fucking struggling guys yeah. i'm inside a glove right yes, now trying and to you fucking guys, escape yeah, yeah and you guys are just being assholes exactly when gathering up the pieces of paper at the end of the game i thought this was interesting do not store them in the same area as the glass there are some who say that the spirit can use the cup and letters to enter our realm if it has deceived us into thinking it has left the game but is really still in the room. 
There are others who simply say that storing the letters with the cup calls bad luck into the room and onto the players themselves, causing tragedies and misfortunes to befall each person even after they leave the room. If you want to get rid of the papers, there's only one safe way to do it. Sprinkle them with holy water and then burn them. If you have the letters painted or engraved on a table or other object, you have to break that object into seven pieces before burning them together in a fire. <laughs> why Why would you paint on a table? Well, that's what they're saying is like if you're playing outside in a cemetery and it's windy and like you some, for some reason wanted to carry a fucking table or it doesn't even have to be a table. It could be like there's a TV tray in front of me right now. Um, right. I could paint it on a TV tray. And, but you have to break it into seven pieces. Yes. So it's way more complicated yeah. to like use an You're object. You're going to have to go take this to Home Depot and be like, hey, Look, I really don't want to buy happened. a table saw, but <laughs> I know you guys have one here. Can you please, like, I'll just give you 20 bucks. Table saw this into seven pieces. Exactly. And then- Here's the deal. I got too haunted. Really need <laughs> you to like do this for me. But first I've got to sprinkle holy water on it. Stay with me. Please do this. <laughs> So now, a lot of people think that this is just a silly game or a hoax or a children's game. Like here in the U.S., it's like super common for kids to play a similar game, which is Ouija board. Skeptics argue that eventually with enough people balancing a finger onto the glass, there will be enough force in one direction or another for the glass to move. Doubters will claim that this game is nothing more than using the power of suggestion to obtain a desired outcome. However... There have been documented cases of strange things happening after participants have played El Juego de la Copa or the Cup Game. And I'd like to read you a news article, Natalia, published on May 21st, 2015 to the publication Diario Popular in Argentina. The article, which I have translated and paraphrased, reads as follows. Thank you. Quote, a macabre story shakes the town of La Favorita, located in the greater Mendoza area, where the suicides of five young people between the ages of 12 and 16 are being investigated. No. The events began with the first of the suicides in November of 2014, when a 15-year-old was found hanging from a tree in a local complex. A month later in December, a friend of the deceased young man took his own life in the same way. A month after that, in January of 2015, another young man from the same group of friends was found one day hanging from the end of a rope in the same way. As the months passed, the drama and mystery increased. Two more boys from the same group of friends took their own lives in the same way, while two others were saved just in the nick of time. Three weeks ago, Special Prosecutor Claudia Alejandro Rios found herself in charge of the investigation into these five suicides and two suicide attempts, hoping to discover what set this tragedy in motion. The only conclusion that the investigative team could reach given these facts is that something must have happened to manipulate all of these boys into making the same decision. For their part, the investigators were able to verify that the group of friends had met several times in a house in La Favorita where they played the well-known paranormal game El Juego de la Copa or the cup game. One of the games was played shortly before the string of suicides was set (gasps) off. It remains to be seen whether or not the cup game played any part in these tragic deaths. What? Are you kidding me? Nope. Not kidding you. So horrifying. Scary as fuck. It's like you said, like, these aren't even games. This is just how to murder yourself. Yeah. This is like not a joke. No. I feel like just knowing about this has already haunted me. I feel extremely haunted and uneasy while researching this. But that's not the only article I was able to find. 
Another article published to Ar Argentina's Diario Popular on July 15, 2010, reads as follows. Quote, a 15-year-old boy suffered full body paralysis after becoming no. possessed while playing the cup game what? with a group of friends in the town of Paso de la Patria in Corrientes, according to the local priest. Father Ruben Valenzuela, besides confirming the case to us, said that prayers and other religious rites are currently being held to exercise the young man. Quote, a prayer of exorcism taken from Pope Leo XIII was recited, which basically serves for the liberation of houses and people from demons, the father said. The cup game consists of an esoteric practice by which the participants would have the ability to communicate with supernatural entities. The priest related that, after looking for some fun entertainment that in the end they did not get, the young man and his friends made contact with the devil and with other malevolent spirits. My jaw is open. According to Valenzuela, the boy ended up with serious motor problems after having participated in what he describes as the, quote, diabolically evil game. <gasps> quote, they are praying with him and accompanying the family during this very difficult time, said the parish priest in statements reproduced today by the newspaper La República. The religious figures asked the parents of adolescents and children everywhere to be more attentive to the information out there that can induce impressionable minds to occult practices. Quote, you have to be more attentive to see what our young people are consuming. For example, on the internet, where sites that talk about dark acts are multiplying each day and that deep down are diabolical, he said. What the fuck? I feel like the devils are on the internet. Like, I always knew social media was haunted and that everyone was just bullshit and fake, but I didn't realize <laughs> that they were all, like, straight up just entities. Or people who are hoping that, like, people that... You know, I think there's two ways to look at it. Either the people writing these articles are super fucking experienced and are like, this is no big deal, right? Like, those people in that market that Michelle visited. Yeah. Or it's people who... I mean, I hate to say it, but like maybe like our podcast that are like, this is interesting and like innocently right. accidentally spreading yeah. misinformation. Dude. Dude. Like, are we the problem? Definitely part of it. Yeah. <laughs> part of it. I don't know if we're the whole thing, but we're part of it. And I have one more article for you, Natalia. Okay. So that's not the end of the tragedy. So the kid that got paralyzed, I'm just like picturing, you know, in scary movies where the people like fold themselves in half and they're like yeah. walking on the ceiling and they're like, ah! Yeah, head spinning around. I'm like, that that happened to him? It, he, like, was locked up in his body, like, could not move <gasps> after playing the cup game. Oh, no. So another article published to Argentina's Diario Popular in January 20th, 2014, reads as follows. Quote, a strange case has affected the Buenos Aires town of San Pedro for several days, where a traditional family suffers the consequences of the cup game, which left their 12-year-old daughter in an apparent state of possession. What? The case came to light as the girl's own mother called into a radio show, begging for the help of experts. Quote, What is happening with Milagros, my daughter, is like she has a person inside of her who does not allow her to be calm. We are asking for the help of someone who is dedicated to these sorts of things. She added that she and her daughter traveled to a known group of priests who are dedicated to exorcism in the area, but upon arrival found that they were out of town on a sabbatical until April. The mother continued to explain that the trouble all began when her daughter went to a sleepover and her friends performed the cup game. It is unclear whether or not her daughter participated in the game directly or was simply in the room observing it. Quote, I truly believe in all of this because I am living it, 
It is for this reason that we need someone to help us, someone who is a dedicated expert of exorcism. We have to be with our daughter at all times because she is doing things that aren't like her, the mother explained to the radio show FM Genesis. So just what are these disturbing symptoms? A week after witnessing the cup game, the strange behavior began that led to Milagro's hospitalization, although she was discharged from care just a day later. Quote, we have seen how her belly swells up and a face is formed within no. her stomach. What? It moves everywhere as if it wants to come out. The same phenomenon has happened in her arms. There were fingers that wanted to break out of her skin, explained the mother. What the fuck? How is she not still in the hospital? Is the hospital like, send this shit away from here? Honestly, maybe. The hospital was like, there's nothing we can do for her. Like, go find a priest. And then the priests in her area are just out of town. Oh, my God. The journalist Betty Rodriguez, one of those investigating the case, gave more details in an extensive dialogue with A24. Quote, the girl changes her voice. It becomes much thicker and deeper. She has aggressive behaviors and says, for example, I want to kill my sister. She begins to laugh diabolically at inappropriate times. Oh, my God. She scratches and harms herself and has even talked about killing herself. She writes the word God on pieces of paper over and over before forcefully scribbling it out. She reacts violently if anything involving God is brought up in conversation. When someone placed the Bible on her, she reacted violently. In a Facebook post, the child wrote, I want this crap to be taken from me. When they ask her what her name is, she gives the name of a deceased person here in San Pedro. That is why the mother is convinced that she is not having a psychotic break, but a possession from the cup game. We are speaking with pastors, priests, and specialists, and we want to know if she is possessed, Betty continues. And she added that there is a video that shows the strange behavior of Milagros. What? You can see the girl begins to breathe hard, starts vomiting, makes sudden movements. For his part, Father Manuel Acuna, a specialist in exorcisms, stressed in statements to the same channel that 40% of cases in Argentina of possession occur in people who have played the cup game what quote this is not a game but a technique of access to various spiritual levels that generally touch the lower astral plane i do not recommend it because what you are actually doing is opening a spiritual door this girl is likely to be very spiritually compromised he said and explain that many times the consequences of the game are not immediate and can take years before they materialize. Father Manuel emphasized the dangerous nature of the cup game by revealing a detail that borders on cruelty. According to him, quote, This game originated in the last century when a group of players brought along a 10-year-old boy into the room where they were playing the game so that in case a negative entity appeared, they could simply cast it into the vulnerable child. Oh my god. And that is El Juego de la Copa. What the, the cup game. fuck, bro? I hate that. So my sources for that game are the Investigación para Científica article that I cited at the beginning and then the three Diario Popular articles that I cited um, at the end. Dude, I, I'm just like, <laughs> that girl's definitely possessed. I don't know why her mom even like called into that radio station. She's like, hey, uh, my daughter is like scribbling out God and like vomiting and just getting super angry. And there's also a face in her stomach. That, okay, that's the is part. Is she possessed, do you think? Right. Well, because the thing is, okay, so reading those articles, right, you're like, okay, 
could it be that this is just like a superstitious small town yeah. and the child is having like epilepsy or schizophrenia or some medical Anxiety. emergency yeah. or a stroke like for the guy that had paralysis? But as soon as I read, there's like a face trying to escape no. from the daughter's <laughs> no. stomach. Like, because that's happening, there's no logical explanation. Yeah, even if you think they're like religious fanatics who, through the power of uh, suggestion, think that they're possessed, which is a theory people have. The, there's no theory that can make a face c- try to come out no, of your stomach. or fingers trying to escape from your daughter's arms. And something ironic is that milagros means miracle. And that's the name of the daughter. And so I wonder oh. if it's kind of like a cruel joke. Like right. some dark entity came into this room where mm-hmm. Milagros was having a sleepover and was like her. That's funny. Oh, dude. That's so scary Ironic. to yeah. me. So scary. Oh, the face and the stomach. It just the I'm picturing it. And I, I, there's supposedly a video of this too. Yes, but I don't know if I was just using the wrong search terms or I don't know if the video was even ever released. Face, stomach, milagro. Yeah, yeah. Well, because it's, since it's a minor child, I yeah. don't know if this, like maybe this video exists and some, like journalists saw it, but maybe it right. wasn't uploaded to the internet yeah i mean also the parents are probably watching out for their kid like 20 years from now when they're trying to get a job like if the people search their name on google <laughs> right right a video of them with someone trying to escape their body while they right. scribble out the word god <laughs> they're gonna be like no sorry we don't want you to work right here. actually we rescind our job <laughs> offer we need to find someone less haunted <laughs> That is so scary. So fucking scary. So, Natalia, that was Paranormal Games Part 2. Oh, my God. What do you think of these two games? I really don't want to play them. No. Okay, so my thought when I found out about the book game is I was like, oh, that sounds really fun. Like, I want to play that, like, immediately. But then I found out all the bad stuff, and I was like, okay, no. And then the same thing with the other one. It's like, seems easy. They seem easy enough, right? They're accessible. Papers, you just need a cup. You don't have to be like a billionaire. Right. You know, you don't even have to know what you're doing. You can do everything wrong, (laughs) apparently. It it just seems easy. It seems like something easy and fun to do. But no, I mean, and the stuff about those, all those really, really young people committing suicide is just so sad. Well, and so some people who are skeptics say, well, this town, um, maybe like there was some situation where there was an organized crime and like this is actually murder or staged as multiple hangings. I don't know. There was never any follow-up articles to it. Again, all the people in the story were minors. So I don't know if maybe that information just never got released. And I also don't know what Argentina's like investigative police force is like you know i don't know how their justice system works i mean i feel like if that happened in the united states the fact that they would meet up and play this haunted game wouldn't even be like discussed right in the affidavit or whatever it is yeah you know it would it would be like oh five children committed suicide we're looking into this it wouldn't be like just so you know they uh, played with a ouija board yeah so it's kind of skewed that way but i also think that 100 percent the shit is real because we had like an actual listener call in and tell us that and allegedly a vatican exorcism specialist who gave that fucking freaky ass yeah quote. i know <laughs> hell, hell being a glove yeah yeah <sighs> i don't know I don't know, Natalia. I'm glad I didn't bring in the supplies. I'm glad I talked to Michelle because we would have fucked it up and become possessed. I like, okay, so if I don't even do the ritual aspect of it, if I just, you know, close my eyes and with a book in my hand that's not even read or anything that has pictures in it, you know, like a baby book. Like if I have one of my Mm -hmm. baby's books in my hands, I close my eyes and I'm like, what is the winning lottery number? And I open it up. Will it let me? No. Let's try it. 
Yeah. And if you die, then we know the answer. It's just going to be a picture of a cow and something moo. It's just like a baby spirit (laughs) that's like, I don't understand what you're talking about, but I learned the word for chicken. Oh, that's so cute. So sweet. That is a very haunted, scary episode. And thank you for translating all that stuff because I feel like we were able to enjoy it because you translated most of it from Spanish. So thank you. Well, no problem. And I hope that uh, nobody out there tries these games and I hope we're not part of the problem. And Okay, wait. Last thing. Both of those games were originated in Spanish-speaking countries? Correct. From what I could find. Now... El, El Juego del Libro Rojo, for sure, originated mm-hmm. in Latin America, according to every source I could find. Right. I did speak to a bunch of other people on Twitter from Mexico who answered my like call to action when I said, like, tell me if you've heard of this game. Yeah. And nobody seems to know what the origin exactly is, but everyone had heard of it. Now, El Juego de la Copa, I found one source that said that actually that game originated in the U.S. with the Ouija board. Hmm. And then, like... People in Latin America found out about it from popular culture mm. and then like created their own version. Right. But that was only one source. And I don't know enough about the Ouija board in order to like come to any conclusion about that. I don't know if it really originated in the U.S. Yeah. So that's the one where I'm not sure. But it's definitely played in Latin America. I don't know if it's like a derivation of an American game or not. Right. Yeah. Because I was just wondering, like, why do they have so many haunted games? You yeah. Know? Like, I mean, Reina in our Japanese folklore episode was yeah. telling us about a bunch of haunted oh, games. Oh, right. They had yeah. some creepy With ones. With the Fox too. one. It's yeah. Like similar to the Ouija you board. ask Mr. Fox. Yeah. And the windows open so they can come in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I really don't see the upside to playing these games. Like, it doesn't sound like from any of the accounts that people got any information that right. was valuable to them at all. Or maybe the people that get the valuable information don't share that in a car. You know, like right. the stuff oh, you're not reading. supposed to. Yeah. First of all, Michelle told us you're not supposed to share what happens in your session. Right. But second of all, if you do get the winning lottery numbers, right. are you going to go out there and like have an article about like, this is what I did to get my No, because like, then everyone's going to steal your fortune. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Elon Musk plays the cup game every night. Confirmed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Natalia, would you like to do our sign off? Yeah. Um... BRB, going to go buy some cups and some red books with no pictures in them that are hardbacked and some and some candles and uh, some pieces of paper and some bleach, alternatively lake water, <laughs> uh, seawater, and oh yeah, fire, if I didn't say that. Hell yeah, brother. Let's go fuck shit up. <laughs> Bye. Bye.